0: Hi, Direct Impact Nation. This is Andrea Epteen. So, as always, grateful to be here with you today. Um, super stoked about our speaker today and about the topic. So, the topic for today is trauma informed yoga, which you know that I have a real passion for. Taking a holistic approach to your recovery process, and that's why we like to bring speakers on who come from all different types of backgrounds and experiences, and have walked kind of you know a recovery journey. And been exposed to all of these different approaches that have been effective. So again, super excited. So today we have Kirsten with us and she is going to talk about trauma-informed yoga. She is an instructor and has been since 2016. She's also taken her trauma-informed yoga instructor training and she's been doing that for, well, since 2018. So it's been a little while. Yes, yes, it has. Yes, so so excited to have her with us today. I have kind of introduced her, but I'm always curious about our speakers, and I'm very curious, I know our audience is too, about what brought you into not just yoga as a practice and to become a yoga instructor, but specifically into the realm of trauma, trauma recovery, and trauma-informed care.
1: Yeah, Thank you so much, first off, for having me on the podcast and for this great start, this great question. So my journey with yoga, I feel like, is super interesting. I always get the, like, wide eyes when I bring it up. My Nana was actually a yoga instructor. And so I was introduced to yoga at a super young age and did not want to participate in it at all. Um, And this happened all the way up until I was in my early 20s. So right after I started my yoga journey and I felt the shift starting to happen, I knew I had to share it with others. But with that being said, with my journey being I don't like yoga at all (laughs) to falling in love with it, I've always had a soft spot for those who feel like they can't do yoga. Mm. Um, So before the trauma training, I feel like I kind of had a different take on yoga and how to bring it into the space. And then working with my eating disorder and seeing how yoga affected it both negatively and positively, I knew that there was another step I needed to take to really bring this to people when it comes to recovery.
0: Absolutely. So I love the saying, and you know, our listeners have probably heard me say it before, but our passions can sometimes give purpose to our past. So you have this newfound passion that is, you know, affirming and giving purpose to your past as you now offer this to others because it worked for you. Um, I I love that. I, I feel like we want our listeners to hear that and understand that, you know, you're not you're, you know, not just talking the talk, but you're walking the walk. Um, That's huge. I feel like that's so important um, in traumatic growth. I mean, here you are doing trauma-informed yoga, and you're teaching people and modeling every single time that you can experience traumatic growth. How healing.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what I love so much about the fact that I fell in love with yoga or started using it for my own practice and started teaching it pretty close together because I feel like I kind of get to walk the journey at the same time. and. I get to bring some common humanity to the practice by saying like, hey, I'm struggling too or hey, I have these days too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes there can be this unrealistic expectation set up where it's like if I start doing yoga every day everything will be perfect moving forward Mm. like I will never have a negative or bad day and that's just in my eyes not realistic if somebody else has it figured out super awesome I'd like to talk to them but I haven't figured that out yet so I like to be like standing next to somebody instead of like hey everybody follow me.
0: Mm, I love that and and you speak to the importance of Curiosity, the importance of community, the Mm -hmm. importance of humanity, and creativity all of those things I think you're bringing to the table so that's awesome now you mentioned eating disorders but I feel like in all trauma recovery in all post-traumatic stress um, in eating disorder recovery you definitely have a very strong heightened negativity bias Mm -hmm. and it can be very hard to sit in that space or that traditional yoga environment where all that perfectionism comes to the
1: surface you want to talk about that for a minute yeah sure that's actually the really cool thing about our brains, right? Is our amygdala goes off anytime we perceive danger. And then I think when it comes to recovery or eating disorders, um, the perceived word is super super important that's right and so a yoga studio can seem like danger Mm -hmm. Um, I know I got to experience it both from the student side and the instructor side and I always found it really interesting that even as somebody who taught at a studio Mm. I felt this huge discomfort there and that's because I was constantly caught in comparing myself to the person next to me, uh, which made it really hard to focus on my practice, my breath, my mental health. I heard things all the time like, I'm not flexible, which means I can't do yoga. Mm. I don't have the right brand of clothing, so I cannot do yoga. I would catch myself walking into a room and asking myself, am I what somebody expects when their yoga instructor walks in? Am I going to fit the image good enough? Is this what somebody wants to see? Is this who somebody wants in front of their class? So I think the perfectionism bit comes out a bunch in a yoga studio. Okay, guys,
0: I just wanted to tell you really, really quick why I chose these affiliates Brain FM and Timular. I chose these because as I've mentioned to you guys before, you're well aware that I'm ADHD and focus doesn't always come easy to me. So where I spend my time and energy becomes very important for my productivity and no distractions becomes very important as well. So for everybody out there that really wants to maximize their time and energy, please do consider utilizing Brain.fm and Timular. I really believe that they have saved me a lot of time and energy and have allowed me to meet and exceed all of my goals. So if it works for me, I know that it can work for you too. So please, at the end of this episode, go to the show notes and check out our affiliates because there's a reason that we're passionate about bringing them to you definitely use our promo codes and check them out today thanks guys so tell me more about how a trauma-informed yoga practice can help you know combat some of those things as they're arising
1: The great thing about trauma-sensitive yoga is there are no expectations on the person walking in. And that, I mean, honestly, that's something that has to be worked on as you build trust between Mm -hmm. a student and somebody who's guiding the class because we're so used to what we see in studios. That is yoga to anybody who has ever heard yoga. Mm -hmm. The first thing they're going to think about is what image you get in your head when you think about going to yoga in a studio Mm -hmm. but there really aren't any expectations when it comes to trauma sensitive yoga you don't have to be happy during class if you can't do the breath that we're suggesting breathe on your own Mm. count to your own breath if I invite you to reach your fingertips up and overhead and you're like "Mm, my shoulders really hurt today I don't want to do that anymore then maybe your hands come down to your side instead. It's a very personalized practice and it's reminding you to notice your body's cues and personalize your own practice. So it's this cool balance of feeling supported by the other participants in the room. If there are other participants in the room, the person guiding the class, and then this really empowering uh moment of this is my practice I get to choose how my body moves Mm. and for somebody who whether it's struggling with body image issues um disordered eating eating disorders trauma they've experienced in their life having that moment of I get to control how my body moves I think is super super powerful
0: oh it is the opportunity just to be in your body and experience your body um is you know, so helpful, so healing, and so important in therapy, mm-hmm. um, and, or any wellness practice. It's huge. So a few things that I just heard you say, I want to comment on. As a psychotherapist, I absolutely love it. And I'm always recommending that my clients, you know, really adopt a body practice, a mind and body and spiritual practice. And I I like that you create you know in this environment a come as you are environment and an opportunity for them to experience those negative biases that come up all their cognitions their inner critic and to confront those in a safe space with somebody who understands trauma and they can come and, you know, a fear that a lot of my clients have is that if I get into that space and I allow my emotions to emerge, and if I allow my body and mind to be quiet, they have this intense fear that the emotion will come up and not shut off. So to know that they're in a safe space to allow the emotion to emerge and, and can experience that with somebody who understands the emotion. Mm -hmm. and can incorporate that into their breath work, can incorporate that into their skills and their practice. I just, I love the marriage there between, you know, the mind and the body and the emotion and the skills that they can practice in a safe space.
1: Yeah. I love that so much. I think about, I think we've all experienced this where you can feel an emotion. I'm going to use anger, for example, Mm -hmm. but you feel anger coming up. You're like, Oh no, that's a, bad emotion. Mm. I'm putting quotes up. I guess mm-hmm. you can't see that. But that's a <laughs> <Air> bad <laughs> emotion. <laughs> bad. I can't experience that. And so instead of feeling the emotion mm-hmm. and noticing what happens when you let it run its course, mm. um, I know my thing is like tensing up my jaw. I get really tense or maybe my hands start to form into fist, and it's all this extra tension you're creating on your body outside of the emotion of anger. Mm. You're just adding and layering onto it instead of experiencing the anger. And noticing where you feel that in your body, mm-hmm. noticing sensations of heat, maybe, um, and noticing what that feels like versus trying to, like, force your body to stop wanting to feel mm-hmm. anger. Mm-hmm. And
0: just that opportunity, like going back to what you said earlier, of noticing those comparisons and noticing that all the negative cognitions that emerge emerge. And then being able to sit in it long enough to question its validity Mm
1: -hmm. and to
0: say, is that true? I mean, I know that I came into this space with uh, body image issues, but it seems like all body types are welcome here. Like this is just about me and how I feel about myself, not about the environment itself. So what a great opportunity to do that practice. Okay, great. So I think we've touched on, you know, trauma-sensitive and trauma-informed yoga practice, I want to know who it can benefit.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm going to start off by talking about how it started, which was through uh, David Emerson, and he started working with complex trauma, and then they started working with PTSD, Mm -hmm. and then the list just continued because I don't think there is anybody who wouldn't benefit Mm -hmm. from being able to come into their body, to feel sensations, to notice what their reactions are, how they react in situations, how their breath pattern moves. I truly Mm -hmm. think it's for anybody and everybody.
0: Yeah, I I agree. There's absolutely no human being based on the way that our bodies are created. So amazing, are they? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Based on the way our bodies are created, that they wouldn't benefit from that. Everybody would benefit from it. Listen up. You don't want to miss out on this. Wise Mind Enterprises and Lightning in a Bottle Digital Courses are offering direct impact listeners deep discounts of up to 25% on their 2022 course offerings.
1: Say what? 25%?
0: That's right, Edward. Just visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash courses to pre-order and save big. These courses are carefully curated with you in mind. Hey, Madison, did you know Lightning in a Bottle works with credentialed licensed professional psychotherapists to create life-giving content that is sure to make an impact? I did, and I'm super excited about their new courses. Me too. New 2022 digital courses include The Antidote to Reactive Living, Healing Body Betrayal, Escaping the Perfectionism Paradox, Essential Truths to Support Your Recovery, just to name a few, and with more life-enhancing courses coming down the pipeline.
1: And if 25% savings still leaves you on the fence, well, how about this? The first 20 people to pre-order will receive 50% off a second course of their choosing. I don't know about you, but I need at least two of those courses. So visit www.lightninginabottle.biz/backslash courses today and enter the promo code IMPACT to receive massive savings on valuable courses. Oh,
0: side note, Lightning in a Bottle offers more than just courses. They offer a recovery and life enhancement community and they're always interested in hearing from you. If one of these courses didn't resonate with you, well, let them know what you're looking for on your
1: journey because your voice is valued and vital.
0: Alrighty, my friends, pre-order or engage with Lightning in a Bottle at www.lightninginabottle.biz. Invest in you today and don't forget your promo code IMPACT. So what population gravitates towards this type
1: of trauma-informed yoga? That's that's actually a hard question. Um, I've found that it's not necessarily a population or a person mm-hmm. who will go towards it. It's more so an establishment that is like, mm, this will be great. So for example, mm-hmm. I work at a recovery place or a crisis center. Uh-huh. and to the people who are taking the classes i don't necessarily call it trauma-informed or trauma sensitive yoga Mm -hmm. because trauma is a scary word Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that we are starting to normalize mental health and bringing that common humanity piece that we all experience Mm -hmm. emotions and also it's scary to be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. so in my classes i'll talk about window of tolerance, I'll talk about the negativity bias that our brains have, I'll talk about interoception, and I will talk about everything that trauma-sensitive yoga is supposed to um, support somebody in connecting to, and I might call it a mindful movement class, or a class for your nervous system. Does that make sense? Like,
0: Absolutely. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. And I want to give you the opportunity to talk about, for our listeners, the window of tolerance mm-hmm. or interception, right? So we, we want to go through that. But I want to ask you another question first, because the, the answer is very important, is why would it be critical in my opinion, it would be critical for a recovery center to make sure that the yoga instructor that they bring in there is trauma-informed and sensitive.
1: I think it goes back to the conversation we were having in the beginning, which um, just are the difference between having the information on being trauma-informed, understanding how the brain works, at least having a little understanding. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a neuroscience Mm -hmm. by any means, but having an understand about how our brain responds, how our nervous system responds, what's Mm -hmm. going on in the body. And to be able to support them if they become
0: dysregulated in the moment. You know, for me, that's what really stands out. I just believe it's so important not only to have a safe space, but to have somebody who can respond appropriately to somebody who can become dysregulated in the yoga practice. And I just love that. I love that somebody can come there and um, have a, a an outburst or they can have they become emotive and know that their instructor understands what's going on in their body. Right. And can respond appropriately as a way to de-escalate them and get them back in their breath and get them back in, on the mat. Right? Right. Isn't that... Honestly,
1: yeah, I think it's so important to because I think a lot of people um, hear that yoga is good for mental health or working out is good for your mental health. And so I think a lot of times we use these tools for situations like that, but we don't always um, have a space that offers us that safety in knowing about trauma. Mm
0: hmm hmm. Absolutely. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. It's super, super important.
0: I do, too. I, that's why I was so excited to hear about what you do, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to bring that to my clients. I want my clients, if I can, don't bring it to them directly or they don't get it through, you know, us, I, I want them to know that this exists in the community that that can be received and that they can go. And if they do you know, become emotive or the emotion comes to the surface, I don't want them to feel like they need to shove it back down. I want them to know that that there is a place just for that and that the instructor can respond in a way that is very appropriate and understanding their specific needs.
1: Yeah, that's why I think it's so important to be upfront and help educate everybody in the class on what's going on in their body. Uh, we all have this super cool thing called the window of tolerance and... I don't know how big your window of tolerance is. You don't know how big mine is. And depending on what we've been through in our lifetime, it can get smaller. And the good news is, as we start to work with things like trauma-sensitive yoga or therapy, we can also widen our window of tolerance. Mm. And so a lot of times when I bring up the window of tolerance – I like to envision like a top line and a bottom line in this in-between space. And a lot of times people think this in-between space has to be our happy zone. And it does have happy in there. And it also has angry and sad and any emotion you can think of. It is the zone where you're driving and a car cuts you off and it frustrates you and you get that reaction. And then you go back to driving. It didn't end your day. You kept going. You were still driving to work. And then we have where we can come outside of our window of tolerance and we can be hyperactivated or hypoactivated. And these are the moments where our anger gets so intense that we don't see anything other than the moment we're in right then and there. And we might start yelling or we might not be able to move into the next space of our day because our body is telling us you are unsafe have this reaction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. until this environment seems safe again and so i'm sure again everybody can think of a time that they experienced jumping out of their window of tolerance and then later in the day sitting there and being like i know i was really really upset and i don't know why And it's because your body took over. Your thinking brain was no longer on. Your body was saying, something just triggered me. This felt really unsafe. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to fight. I'm going to flight. I'm going to freeze. And that's the reaction you're having. So then the same thing on the other side, being hypoactivated is more of those freeze responses. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. I love that. It's like ventral vagal dorsal yeah. vagal it's yeah. is a great way to put into practice the polyvagal theory. Yes. I mean and so I, and I love that it's so practical in application and the client can um experience that firsthand. Right. And how that shows up in their body and understand the window of tolerance. And I also like that it helps people understand that they can build resiliency. Mhm. You know, and, Yes, there's been trauma. Yes, there's probably been a lot of adverse childhood experiences and trauma and neglect for a lot of people. That has been their life experience. And so they might not have a lot of that built-in resiliency. And they might have a small window of tolerance like Mm -hmm. you're explaining, right? But through these practices, they can you know, grow and expand their window of tolerance and their resiliency. So, I mean, again, that goes back to who can this benefit everybody, but it becomes super important for somebody who has experienced trauma.
1: Right. Right. Mm.
0: I absolutely. I love that. So one of my last things I just want to say is like, I know you're super passionate about this. Uh, what is your call to action for our audience or for the community?
1: Like what, what's your call to action? I think I would really just encourage everybody to do something that helps them learn more about themselves. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I think it's so important. Um, I think you can learn something new about yourself every day. And yeah. the more you know about yourself, the more you know about the way you react or the way your mind thinks The easier it is to start to turn some of that negativity bias into a moment of, oh, I noticed that I just had that reaction. What's really going on? Mm. Um, For me, I know that if I'm having a day where I feel like I'm having a bad body image day and I'm like, oh, I just feel yucky. I feel like I don't look good. I now know that I can pause and say, "Mm, wait, yucky's not a real emotion. Mm -hmm. So what's really going on? Did you have a really busy day? Are you feeling overwhelmed? That's Mm -hmm. a big one for me. And so what a great without this practice and without taking time to get to know myself better, I wouldn't have had this opportunity Mm -hmm. to know that about me. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. What a beautiful call to action and invitation just to do one thing this week that allows you to know yourself better. Trust yourself more. Engage with yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so beautiful. And if it's all about, at the end of the day, if recovery is about recovering your authentic self, this is a critical practice. So please, Direct Impact Nation, like, (laughs) take her up on this invitation to do one thing this week that allows you to connect with yourself, your inner child, your authentic self. Um, It's just... So important. So important. So, if our listeners want to engage with you, Kirsten, you know, how would they find you?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. My name is Duality Rising. And speaking of getting to know your authentic self, that's what inspired me. I think that we all have two sides of us, mm-hmm. and both are beautiful. Sometimes they get labeled as the shadow side and the light mm-hmm. side. Um, and it's all you. Absolutely. And, and it's all
0: beautiful. Yes. It's all beautiful. 100%. Oh. I just love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and being with us today. And um, thank you, Direct Impact Nation, for being with us today. If you like this episode with Kirsten, please, please, please give us a review. Give us those gold stars. We love that positive affirmation. Um, So review us, subscribe, and please share. Have a great day. Bye-bye.